Good morning, and good to see everybody from two services together. I bet you there's some folks around here that you haven't seen for a while, and uh, you never thought they would get that young looking. <clears throat> so you'll have to speak to each other a little bit later and uh, renew some ties, and that's why we do this on Fifth Sundays, is to bring all of you together so that you can uh, have some opportunities to greet old friends, um, and so hope you will get to do that. Some announcements to share with you today. We ask the parents of rising third graders to please make sure that Katie Jeter has the name of those rising third grade students on her list because we will be giving Bibles to those children on promotion day, August the 28th, and we don't want to leave anybody out. We do this because going into the third grade, they have achieved a certain reading level that uh, uh, they can enjoy reading a, a Bible that the church presents to them. So we ask you to make sure JD, uh, Katie gets, Katie Jeter, or J.D. Keeter, uh, gets, <clears throat> gets those names, or you can let June in the office know. Also, please remember that this week is music camp for the children and that Jessica will be starting that tomorrow morning. And then on Thursday night, uh, we will be having um, the dinner theater. And you need to make reservations so that we have a place for you at that. And you can let us know either through greerchurch.com or through the church office that you wish to be present. It's always a wonderful presentation. Uh, you don't want to miss that. So please be here. We ask that you please join the cross-training Sunday school class in supporting Greer Community Ministries at a pancake breakfast at Fats in Greer on Saturday, August the 13th. Tickets are $7 per person and members of the cross-training class will be serving that morning. So we ask you to see any of the young adults <clears throat> in that class to get a ticket from them today. So, um, so we know how many pancakes uh, to start preparing. So uh, anyway, let them know about that. And then I have some other news to bring to you, some exciting and good and some uh, with heavy heart. <clears throat> let me start with the good news. I got a phone call uh, from the Stantons and uh, little Lindsay Ryan Stanton uh, was born on Friday. Um, she checked into this world at seven pounds, nine ounces. So uh, a healthy youngin um, to, the, to the Stanton family, uh, Tommy and Candy and the little brothers, uh, whose lives will forever be changed from now on. <clears throat> the presence of a little sister. We also have two deaths in the church family that happened yesterday. The first was our choir member, Don Forrester. Uh, Don, who has been a member of this church about two and a half years, uh, sang in the choir, uh, did not realize that in addition to the pneumonia that he had, that he had some cancer. And uh, so after a week of tests, they sent him home with hospice and he passed away um, in the wee hours Saturday morning. So. Um, we don't know any arrangements yet. Those are still pending. And then last night, about 10.30, I received a call that Dan Sims 
had passed away at um, uh, National Health Care. So uh, certainly we, we remember Jane Forrester and Emily Sims and Bo and David uh, Sims and the rest of the family at these two deaths yesterday. You'll just need to be uh, checking your email and the newspapers for when the times of these services will be. Um, other announcements are in your bulletin. As you have an opportunity to, to read those, please do so. Um, I was, I was uh, talking this morning with uh, several folks. I, I was talking with, with, with Jay Alexander, and he, he said, Yesterday, I walked through a raging river. I dug myself out of quicksand. I walked through poison ivy. I was chased out of the woods by a bear. And I said, my, Jay, I didn't know you were an outdoorsman like that. He said, oh, I'm not. I'm just a lousy golfer. Is that to say it well there? Okay. Let us uh, begin our time together in worship.
Please be seated. If you will turn to the front of your hymnal to page six and uh, put your bulletin there, we will be referring back to uh, these pages often during this service. But we begin with the opening prayer, which is um, near the top of page six in the front of your hymnal. <clears throat> Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Lord. Amen. This time we invite the children to come forward to join uh, Katie for a few moments of sharing. morning. Is everybody good? Do you ever get hungry during church? Does your stomach ever growl like mine? You, Alexander? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Anybody else? Okay, good. A lot of us get hungry during church sometimes. Well, I brought a snack with me this morning in case I got hungry. So let me show you what I brought and see if I can share it with you. Would you like to have a snack instead of children's sermon? Does that sound fun? Okay, well, I brought three crackers, and I brought a Rice Krispie treat. So how many people do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so we're not going to get very much of these three crackers and one Rice Krispie treat, are we? You like the Rice Krispie <laughs> treat? Well, if I had to share it with everybody, we wouldn't get very much, would we? We'd just get a little tiny piece of that Rice Krispie treat if we had to share it between all of us, right? Well, that reminds me of something that happened to Jesus, and we hear about in the Bible. He, Jesus and his disciples were very tired, and so they went away to rest. They got on a boat and went far away from the people and found a quiet place where they could be together and rest. When they reached their destination, there were actually people waiting there for Jesus, so it wasn't just them. The Bible tells us that there were 5,000 men and people there waiting for Jesus. So that's a lot of people, right? The Bible tells us um, that Jesus wanted to teach them since they were there. He said, I need to teach them. Um, they were worried about the sick and they wanted to see Jesus and be healed. Um, and so Jesus knew that he had to help those people that were there, even though he was there to rest. So that's what he did. He healed the sick and he taught the people about the kingdom of heaven. Well, soon it was time to eat. And just like sometimes we get hungry, they were getting hungry. So the disciples went to Jesus and said, it's getting late and we're all hungry. We need to send these people away so that we can rest. And Jesus said, you don't have to send them away for us to rest and eat. Um, we'll feed them. Feed them. We don't have enough food to feed 5,000 people. Um, we only have five loaves of bread and two small fish kind of like as small as my little bag of snack is this morning. 
Jesus told the disciples to bring him the loaves of bread and the fish and to tell everyone to sit down on the grass just like we are right here. So Jesus took those loaves and the fish and he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks for them. And then he gave the food to the disciples and told the disciples to give it out to the people. Well, if I were to share my snack with you today, it wouldn't be enough, right? But do you know what happened to Jesus and his disciples when they shared the food? What happened, Julia? That's right. That food multiplied, and everyone there ate until they were full and did not want any more. But that's not the end of the story. Do you know what else happened? There were leftovers. There were 12 baskets left over. So all those people ate, and there was still more to eat. So what can we learn from the Bible lesson today? Maybe that if we give what we have to God, he can take that, bless it and make it more than we could ever imagine or ever do on our own, right? Is that pretty neat? (laughs) Will you close your eyes and pray with me? Dear God, just as Jesus used the lunch of a small boy to feed more than 5,000 people, use us today to bless everyone we meet. Amen.
Scripture lesson uh, is Matthew chapter 14. Oh, we'll back up a little bit, Arthur. We have a prayer for illumination first, if you will join me in that on uh, bottom of page 6. Let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Matthew 14, 13 through 21 is the lesson. When Jesus heard what had happened, which was the death of John the baptizer, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the, crowd, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Here ends the lesson. <clears throat> My father had what seemed to be an endless supply of stories to tell us, most of them humorous. But even though he never seemed to run out of something to say, like his son here, he repeated the more important stories many, many times. It was as if he was telling us all, these are the ones I really want you to remember. These are the important stories from my childhood. I want you to remember these. The story of the feeding of the multitude is made a, a reference to in the Gospels about 10 times. Sometimes the story is told about the feeding of 5,000, but there was another time when there was a slightly smaller group, 4,000 that was fed. It is as if the gospel writers are saying to us, pay close attention to this story. Now hear this. <clears throat> we do need to hear this story very often because often we find ourselves in the same place of these disciples, surrounded by a multitude of people who are all looking to us for help. <clears throat> Can you remember any year quite like the one we've had just the sheer number of natural disasters we have faced and are facing has been staggering. We've witnessed earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, and fires. Now, drought and famine. 
wars never seem to end. They just move from one place to the other. And that's not even counting the natural disaster that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. The number of needy and homeless people in Greer seems to be multiplying greatly. And I'm on a first-name basis with about half of these homeless people. Like the disciples, we feel stretched very thin. Our personal resources are not up to the challenge. We are not wise enough or strong enough or rich enough to meet all the needs that we face. Like the disciples, we feel like exclaiming to Jesus, Lord, we're in a very remote place. Please send the multitude away, back into the city where they can fend for themselves, where they might find some food and, and other things that they need because we cannot handle all the need that we find here with us. The story of the feeding of the multitude is a story we live every day, isn't it? And so it's a story you and I need to hear over and over again because it tells us that we are not alone. Lord, send them away. That was a prayer that got answered by Jesus, but not in the way that the disciples thought that it would be answered. The answer to that prayer was, no, I'm not going to do that. They don't need to go away. You have something to offer them, so you give them something to eat. Jesus' response results in the disciples doing what we always do in the church at times like that. We form a committee to go out and study the problem, to see what, if any, resources we have to meet the need. <clears throat> the committee reports back to Jesus. All we have here is a very little bit of food, five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. How far do you think that'll go in this very hungry crowd? I doubt this would feed five people, much less 5,000 men, plus their wives and children. This is a hopeless situation that we're in, Lord. Our resources, you see, are always so insufficient for the challenges that we face in life. But something strange happens when our little bits are placed in the hands of Jesus. Whatever we have, Jesus says for us to bring to him. Next, Jesus asked the crowd to sit down in orderly rows so that they may be more easily served. And then he lifts his voice to heaven to give God thanks for that which they had been given. Giving God thanks for the very little bit of resources that they had. Do you remember to give God thanks when you're facing such little resources. Finally, Jesus breaks the loaves and fishes and places the food in 12 baskets so that the disciples can distribute the food among the, the people that are there. To everyone's amazement, everybody not only got something to eat, but everyone ate their fill. In fact, there were some leftovers. 12 basketfuls of broken pieces were left over for the disciples to go back and pick up. If you understand this miracle, then you explain it to the rest of us. The only explanation I've ever learned is that there's something about Jesus. With Jesus, <clears throat> little is always enough. 
During the famine back in the 8th century BC, the prophet Elijah sought refuge in the home of a widow in the town of Zarephath. She had only enough water and flour to make one last loaf of bread, and then she and her son would have nothing more to eat, and they would face starvation. Elijah told her to take a small portion to, to tithe a portion of her flour and water and make him a little loaf of bread first and then make something for her son. And he said, if you'll do that, you'll find that the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain to this land. And in the hands of God's servant, it was enough. A dime was all that Martha Berry needed a hundred years ago down in Georgia to buy some peanuts to plant, and from the harvest, she made enough money to build the Martha Berry School down in Georgia, a school that gave many poor students from the rural South a place to go to school to finish their education. I told you several years ago about my friend and church member, Reverend Willie Lee Buffington, who was a graduate of that school and how he gave his last dime to Jesus when he was just a little boy and he bought letters to write to the writers of his Sunday school curriculum asking those preachers to send him a book for the poor black children in his community who attended a, a segregated school in Saluda because they had no books to read to learn how to read. That dime produced 150 faith cabin libraries in cotton fields all over South Carolina and Georgia, and it propelled Willie Lee Buffington into the United Methodist Ministry and also into a college professorship at Payne College in Augusta, Georgia. Little in Jesus' hands is always enough. What is there that you don't have very much of? Is it time? If you will give Jesus a portion of your time, you will be surprised to find out that you have even more time than you do right now. Jesus will stretch it. Do you feel like you need more talent? Give what you already have to Jesus and watch it grow. It will become more than enough to bless you and others. Do you feel that you need more love and more faith? Give Jesus what little bit you already have, and you will be amazed. It will be enough. God can take the little bits of money that you and I have and multiply it into resources for his children in need. And in some way that no one has ever been able to explain to me, the money that we still have left after our gift to Jesus will go even further than we expected that it would be able to do. It too will become more than enough. And the little that we give to Jesus will be spread in some wonderful ways to meet the needs of his children in our community and around the world. Once upon a time, God looked down at a world filled with his children each and every one of us was drowning in our sin and in the meaninglessness of life. Each and every one of us needed 
a Savior. But for all the billions of people that would ever live, God only had one begotten Son. One Savior for all those people. But in God's hands, it was enough. And he was enough. In God's hands, the blood of the one Savior was enough to cover the world of sin. In God's hands, the body of the Savior was enough to bring healing to our souls. Amen. In response to the proclamation of the good news, I invite you to stand and respond to the word using the Apostles' Creed that is printed there on page 7. It's a little different version, so you'll need to turn to it. Let us affirm our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Be seated, please. <coughs> Let us unite our hearts together in prayer. <clears throat> o Lord, we pray <clears throat> that your world may live in peace and that the church may achieve unity, fulfilling its service here and everywhere. We pray that all ministers and teachers in your church may be faithful servants of the gospel, leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. We pray that the leaders of our nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy. We pray that all of our work may be done for the common good, that it be done in safety, and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty and joy may be free to follow their vocations. We pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted, that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered, and we pray that those whom we've known and loved to have died in the faith may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. <coughs> using the prayer of confession on page 8. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. 
We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Now as forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we receive our morning offering.
<clears throat> I want to make sure everybody's comfortable today, especially our visitors and those from the early service where we do things a little differently there for communion. Um, first to say to those that are visiting with us today, you're welcome at the Lord's table. The Lord himself has invited you to come and share communion. And so you are welcome to join us today as we break bread and, and drink the uh, wine of the new covenant um, and the Lord's Supper. Uh, and it is grape juice, if you need to know that as visitors. Um, we also are glad to have children partake of communion. Uh, children understand symbols better than we adults do. And John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, believed that the way to grow in grace was to taste grace at an early age, which we interpret to mean that they're invited to share, share communion too, if you so desire. Um, also, uh, what we will do is you come forward at the usher's uh, direction in a few moments, you'll find uh, trays of bread already on the Lord's table, and you're invited to take a piece of the bread, and then I will be coming around with um, uh, little cups of juice and you take that and, uh, and that way we will celebrate communion together and then I will dismiss a table at a time. So hope that's clear and we hope that you feel um, a part of what we're doing here today if you are visiting with us. I now invite you to join in sharing with me the great thanksgiving which is on page nine in your hymnal. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, 
gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
The closing prayer is near the bottom of page 11 in your hymnal. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.